This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit, money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit, money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call it Money Pit is presented by the Angie app, DAP spray texture, and Dice coatings. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here to help you take on projects you want to get done around your house. This is our favorite time of the year for projects because it's fall. It's so pleasant outside. It's pleasant inside. You can get pretty much anything done in or out of your house. And if you've got something in mind to take on, but maybe you don't know how to get started, you've got a problem you need to solve, you don't know what to do about that, maybe you're stuck in the middle, maybe you've got a decor dilemma and you don't know what color to choose or what goes with what, well, we've got answers, and we're here to help you get those jobs done. Reach out to us with your questions. Two ways to do that. For the fastest response, go to moneypit.com slash ask. That's moneypit.com slash ask, and click the blue microphone button. Or you can call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Coming up today, it's the time of year when you'll take on that last round of outdoor cleanings, and a pressure washer can make short work of that project. We're going to share some advice on what you need to know when buying one. And texture walls and ceilings are popular, but if you have to make a repair to that surface, restoring the original texture is a big hassle. Now there's a quick fix that can restore that surface in minutes. We'll share details just ahead. And if you're ready for a healthy alternative to the cost and the waste of bottled water, we're going to review water filters that can be installed in your home's plumbing system to deliver great-tasting water at a tiny fraction of the cost of buying bottled. But first, don't you just hate it when you're smack dab in the middle of a project and you get stuck? Well, that's when you call us, because getting you unstuck, that's what we do. We're like virtual (laughs) WD-40 guys. It doesn't matter what that question is. We are good for a 1,001 uses. And if you reach out with your questions, you'll get an answer, plus a chance at winning a very cool countertop or vanity makeover kit from Dice Coatings. It allows you to roll on a new marble surface. Yes, we said marble in a single weekend. It retails for 169 bucks, but going out to one listener, drawn at random. So reach out to us right now with those questions at moneypit.com slash ask or call us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Susan in Montana is having some drainage issues with the driveway. Tell us what's going on. I had my office driveway resurfaced with asphalt, and I thought that the people did a really excellent job until we got a monsoonal rain, and all the water was collecting, and I had... I had to leave to go down to Colorado, and I got a frantic phone call from my husband telling me that the water was backing up into the house, and it was like a big pool, 
And I called the asphalt people, and they're not responding to me. Well, listen, if they just resurface the driveway, they're not going to do anything to change the pitch. That's true. They did do it, but they deliberately, supposedly, they had the pitch so that it would drain off into the lawn. And they didn't quite get that right. So how do you fix that? Yeah. If the water is draining down the driveway back towards the buildings, in other words, it's never really draining off to the lawn anywhere, then what you have to do is you have to put a, uh, a curtain drain in the driveway itself. And in a driveway, basically, it's a job where the driveway is essentially sliced in half. You know, they, they slice out a chunk of driveway that's maybe six inches wide, and you drop this trough into it so that as the water falls down the driveway, it drops into the trough, is a grate on top, and then it runs out the bottom of the trough. And of course, that requires some additional plumbing, so to speak, because you have to hook it up to drain pipe to take it to the lowest place on the property to get rid of the water. But that's how you drain a driveway that's that's uh, you know not pitched properly. And typically, that's put like right near the house or right near the garage lip or something like that, so that it catches the water you know at the lowest possible spot. So who would I call for something like that? A plumber? You're going to need a general contractor that can install that for you. I mean, a driveway ceiling company is not going to do it. Um, a general contractor that could do that, you know, it's kind of a handyman project. It's not a difficult project. It's not a really time-consuming project, but you essentially have to cut into that driveway and install a drain. You've got to catch that water and you've got to manage it. And that's the only way to do it, Susan. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. We've got Mark on the line now who's calling in from Illinois about a question for staining fences. And Tom's done a lot of this this uh, summer oh, yes. season. That's just bad. <laughs> so what's going on, Mark? One of my pet projects. Hey, Mark, how can we help? I'm, I'm in a condo association, and we have a few uh, fences or uh, to stain or paint uh, that we just replaced a year or two ago. So the wood has okay. just been sort of weathering all this time, and I was curious what the yep. best way to approach this is so what's the fence made out of mark is it pressure treated lumber is it cedar what, what is it i think you know? it's cedar so the first thing you want to do when you've had a fence that's and by the way you're doing the right thing letting it air dry like that uh for a cup for you know in your case about a year i i i went a different direction for for a different reason um but in your case i think that was a good thing to do and, but the thing is, now that it's up there, you're going to have to clean it first because it will have picked up dirt just from the air. It may pick up a little moss or mildew or algae. So you're going to want to use uh, a cleaner and brightener on it. And if you purchase, if you decide what stain brand you want to you know, pick up, you can probably stay within the same family. So, for example, I used Olympic on a big fence project. I did 72 sections of fencing. So it's a big project. And I use the Olympic Solid Color. It's Olympic Maximum. That's the brand. And I used it because I actually had used this product about, got to be 10 to 20 years ago. And I found the can of this in my basement with all my paint, you know, ready, ready, sitting there ready for touch-ups. And I wanted to figure out what I used on my on another fence, and it was the same one. And I'm like, okay, this had a good result with, you know, I had 10-plus years of life out of this finish. I'm going to use that. So that's how I, I, I got to the Olympic maximum. And I use solid color on fences always because they last longer. If you use semi-transparent, you have less pigment that's in it. So I use solid color stain, and I clean the sections first. So make sure you use a cleaner or brightener and then let that dry, and then you can apply the solid color. You're going to need about two coats, and depending on the configuration of the fence, you can either spray it if it's got a lot of nooks and crannies, 
or you can brush it and roll it, but typically it's very hard to brush and roll a fence because it's hard to get to all the different spots you want to get to. So that's how I would approach it. I would use solid color. I'd make sure I clean it first, and I'd probably spray it. One more question about that. Um, So some people don't like that both sides of the fence are painted. Have you ever left one side, like the inside, like where someone might see it? coming out onto their patio you want to protect the the wood on both sides you want to protect all the open edges so i i would not i would make sure i got all of those all of those surfaces clean otherwise the fence not going to last that long so you're saying they want it just to be natural they don't want it to be i don't know what color you're thinking of white yeah it, so inside where, where the patio would be some people have asked that 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 not be painted uh, just because they like the natural look, but the outside we painted white on the street side, if you will. Uh, I was going to say you could use a different color stain on the inside, but it's going to be difficult for you to match up stain on one side is darker and stain on the ins- on the inside is a different color. I mean, it's up to you. I mean, I guess you probably could, but you may have some bleed through. It will definitely be a more complicated job. You could spray the inside like a natural cedar color, for example, which is kind of the color that it becomes when it ages. So you could use a different color on the inside and a second color on the outside, but I definitely feel like you should be treating that fence with a stain. Otherwise, it's just not going to last because the stains have UV agents in them that keep it from cracking and checking when it's exposed to the sun, so it kind of protects the wood. Gotcha. Thank you very much. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Hey there. We hope you're enjoying this episode of our podcast. If you are, you know what would totally make our day is if you leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Absolutely. Just go to moneypit.com slash review and let the world know how much you enjoy our home improvement tips and tricks. And you might even win a copy of our book. Hey, if you're thinking about taking out a project to improve the counters or countertops or vanities in your house, there's a new product out from our friends at Dice Coatings. It's called the Marble Dream Resurfacing Kit, and it lets you create real marbled vein surfaces in a few steps with no special skills needed. You can create pretty much a tough, resilient marble surface with distinct defined veins or one with soft, swirling veins. You decide, just roll on your colorful new Marble Dream finish. It's available for 169 bucks at DiceCoatings.com. But we have one kit going out to one listener, drawn at random, from those who contact us with a home improvement question. So make that you. Go to MoneyPit.com slash ask or call us now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 
Jeanette in Colorado is on the line and needs some help with a radiant heating question. What can we do for you? I would like to know if it would be good to do the radiant floor ourselves or to have someone else do it. Is it going to increase my electric bill quite a bit? And if it is something I could do, what materials would be best to do? Wow, lots of questions. Yeah, we only said one question, lady. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so the, the bathroom is the only room in the house that you want to have a warm floor? Well, for starters, we would like to do it in the kitchen also. Uh, but we thought we'd start with the small project as the bathroom. And what kind of a house do you have? Is it a ranch Colonial, what are we talking about? No, it's more of a ranch. It has a, um, you know, the bottom is not sitting completely on the ground because it's lots of rocks and stuff in the mountains there. So it does have crawl spaces underneath. It does. Yes, it does have crawl spaces where you, you, we have sunk punks in there to help anything that might cause that. So you can crawl under the house, but it's not very much room. Okay, and, and how is it heated? Is it hot water or a hot air system? Hot air, but we mostly use pellet stoves. So it sounds to me like you're going to be limited to uh, an electric radiant heating system. There are different types of heating um, underlayments, so to speak, that you would put on a bathroom floor and you would tile on top of. Now, is it expensive? Yes, it's electric heat. It's expensive to purchase and install. It's expensive to run. It's not a way to save money on your heating bill. There's nothing cost-effective about electric heat. It's very pleasant and nice to have that warm floor, but it is an expensive project and it's expensive to run that said if you put it on its own timer so it's only on say in the morning or in the evenings for a limited period of time you can manage that expense is it a do-it-yourself project yes if you're pretty experienced because the the tile mats usually have to be ordered custom made and, you know, you, you have to make sure that they're installed properly because if you get that floor down and it doesn't work, you get a big problem. You end up having to tear it up. Frankly, my advice would be to not do it yourself because I would rather have a contractor do it that's worked with it time and time again. I'd hate to see the whole thing get together and you got a problem with it and you got to tear it all up and start again. So the the amount of the amount of, of uh, additional expense for labor, I think, uh, would have sort of an insurance quality to it to make sure it comes out right. Well, thank you all for your advice, and I appreciate it. Well, a pressure washer is a great tool to have for outdoor chores. You can clean sidewalks, driveways, decks, siding. I use it to strip paint over off of old uh, cast iron radiators, Leslie. <laughs> it worked better than anything else I could think of and took all that paint off. So if you have one, it's a great thing to have around. If you don't, it's a pretty good investment because, believe me, you'll find something that you can use it for all the time. Yeah, it's one of those tools that's just like a, a fun project to use it for, and there's lots of things you can do with a pressure washer. So there's definitely, though, things that you need to be considering when you are in the market to buy one. Now, the first is the water pressure itself. A light-duty pressure washer with 1,300 to, say, 2,000 PSI or pounds per square inch That's going to give you about 30 times more pressure than what comes out of a garden hose. And that's good for things like your car or the siding or a boat. Now, if you need something a little bit stronger, you can choose a medium pressure washer that goes up to about 2,600 PSI. And that's good for cleaning, getting rid of all that grease and grime. And heavy-duty pressure washers, those are really best used for stripping surfaces because they are super powerful. Now, you also want to look at the gallons per minute or the GPM. It's pretty important because the larger the GPM, the more surface area a washer can actually clean. 
And then finally, think about the price. You can expect to pay anywhere from about 100 bucks, you know, up to maybe five or 600 bucks for a decent machine. And make sure you read the reviews. I just went through this uh, process myself because my old pressure washer wore out. I mean, it was pretty old, so I wasn't that upset about it. And I wanted to buy a new one. And the one thing that was my pet peeve, Leslie, was that, you know, they all come like in sort of with built-in carts these days, so you can sort of pull it around. But they never seem to have, like, the ability to keep that wand, the spray wand, on the cart. Like, it always pops <laughs> that out. That is true. It always pops out. It bugs the heck out of me. I'm like, it would be so easy. You guys can build a pressure washer, but you can't figure out how to put a strap around this thing so it doesn't come out. So I found one that stayed, that stayed, and I'm pretty happy with my purchase. So lots of options to think about, but a super handy tool to have around for all those reasons. We've got Bruce on the line who needs some help with some tree stumps around the property. What's going on? I have two homes that have some trees right next to the outside walls. Uh, a couple of them are six inches in diameter, and then a couple of the others have up to a foot, foot and a half. Trees have been cut off uh, just above the ground level. How do I get rid of all of the, uh, the trunks and the roots of that? without uh, disturbing or hurting the foundation of the house. Hey, Bruce. Well, listen, so you have a one tree or a couple trees that are six inches and some that are like one foot. Those are not very big trees. I cannot imagine that those stumps are going to have any impact on your foundation. However, if you want to get rid of them, uh, there's a couple of options. Well, one is kind of expensive, and that is you'd have to have a tree surface with a stump grinder get in there, but they may not have the clearance. Uh, the other way to do this is by doing what's called chemical stump removal. Now, with chemical stump removal, typically what you do is you drill a bunch of holes in the stump, and then there are different products that are sold that will cause advanced deterioration or advanced rotting of the stump. So it happens faster than just sort of waiting it out, but it still could take a year before that stump completely disappears. Or you just make sure that you've got it uh, cut down below the surface of the soil so there's no trip hazards or anything of that nature, and just let nature take its place. I really don't think it's going to have any effect on your foundation whatsoever. I mean, we get calls from folks that have, you know, 18-inch, 2-foot-wide trees along their foundation. If they've not had an effect yet, then I don't think anything's going to happen from that because the soil will kind of replenish itself. You start to see it, you know, settling in around there. You can always add more soil so you don't impact your drainage. So good luck with that project, and I hope we've helped you out. Lisa in Iowa, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today? I've got borders and wallpapers to take down. Now, what if I paint over it? Should I prime it? And if I have to take it off, do I score it and then peel it off? Do I use water and vinegar? Hey, that's my question. So here's the best way to approach this project. And you're right, it is a lot of work, but we really don't like the idea of painting over the wallpaper because you're just kind of putting off the problem for later and makes it even harder to deal with. Darn. Um, the easiest way to take off a lot of wallpaper is with a um, steam wallpaper stripper. And it's a tool that you can easily rent. I know Home Depot rents them. I'm sure other places rent them. And it really does a good job of steaming the glue and loosening up the paper. You can speed the job up by scoring the wallpaper, and there's a neat little tool um, called a paper tiger that is really a one-of-a-kind, and it kind of rolls over the paper and puts a, a bunch of little holes in it that helps the steam get through the surface to get to the glue underneath, and it comes off that much easier. Now, even though I say it's easier, it is still a lot of work, so I don't want you to kid yourself, but renting the, the steam uh, stripper for the wallpaper is definitely the best way to go. Well, cool. Thanks a million. 
Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IAPMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com, that's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com, and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T, MONEYPIT. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mario and I was on the line with a window question. What can we do for you? I have a frame and obviously it's a rectangle, but the top side of that rectangle on the system frame of the masonry in the basement, it's metal, it's a metal bar, and I'm replacing my old window with a glass flux pre-assembled window. Okay. And the motor, uh, the manufacturer of the motor, I contacted them, and they say that motor does not adhere to metal. So I am going to have a gap between the top side metal bar and the window at about half inch, and I'm curious what your recommendation is, whether I should just seal it or actually try to find some material to bond it, not just seal it. So the the gap is going to be on the top and the bottom? What about the sides? The sides are okay because they're masonry, they're cement, so that's not a concern. It's some sort of, you know, there was some sort of reinforcing bar I, I put into the top of the frame, I assume for some structural reason. So that that's my only real concern. The other three sides are made for me, and the mortar works fine there. Is this the kind of thing that maybe you could use pressure-treated lumber, a half-inch uh, piece of, a half-inch thick piece of, say, pressure-treated lumber plywood or pressure-treated plywood as a shim? Uh, yes, I would think so, yes. Yeah, because I think that's what I would probably use, something like that, because you want to basically close down the opening so that the window can be secured. And you could attach the pressure-treated lumber 
to the old masonry opening and then attach the window to that. Okay, that's a very good suggestion. Thank you very much. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Well, guys, if you've ever had a leak or a crack or a nail pop come through a ceiling or a wall that's textured, you know that repairing that leak or crack can be easier than the actual hassle of trying to restore the original textured surface. I mean, typically, it's a very messy process, especially when you're trying to fix an area that's small or one that's just really hard to reach. But now there's a new product out from DAP that makes this easy for both DIYers and pros. Yeah, it's called the 2-in-1 Wall and Ceiling Spray Texture, and it allows you to apply orange peel, knockdown, and popcorn textures quickly and easily to both the wall and the ceilings. And it comes in a simple-to-use 25-ounce can that has a 60-degree adjustable nozzle, so you can easily repair a vertical surface, anything that's overhead, or even those hard-to-reach spots. Now, the nozzle system is only available from DAP, and it's called AimTech because it really allows you to direct that texture exactly where you need it. Now, DAP's 2-in-1 wall and ceiling spray texture is really a super handy product that saves time and certainly saves a lot of hassle. It delivers a fast-drying, excellent texture match for maximum coverage and professional results. Plus, it's going to dry in under 30 minutes, guys. That's super fast, and you can paint it immediately. Love that. So whether you're taking on a repair, you need to match an existing wall or ceiling surface, or you're creating a whole new look, DAP spray textures make it easy to apply an orange peel, knockdown, or popcorn texture. It's a great choice for both pros and DIYers, and it's available now in select stores for $29.98. Whatever projects you guys are working on this fall season, be sure to reach out to Team Money Pit so we can lend you a hand. And here is a great reason to reach out to the Money Pit We've got up for grabs the Marble Dream Resurfacing Kit from Dice Coatings. Now, this is a roll-on marble resurfacing kit. You get it in four elegant color scheme options. You can use it on your counter, vanities, tabletops, and it is the easiest kit imaginable. You really don't have to have any special artistic skills to make it look gorgeous. And everything in the kit goes for 169 bucks. Yeah, you'll find this kit at DiceCoatings.com, but we've also got one kit going out to one listener for free, drawn at random from those who call us or reach out to us with a home improvement question. So you can do that at moneypit.com slash ask. Just click the blue microphone button. All right, let's head down south to the Sunshine State where we've got Judith in Florida on the line. What's happening? Hey, well, I've got a house that was, um, it's an old Florida house. It was built in 1958, and the original um, owners um, were, I guess, more on the high end of lifestyle, so I was told by many um, contractors that the, the house was built with um, all, all of the best materials. The problem okay. is um, terrazzo floors, I don't know, that's what they put down in airports now. They're very expensive and they're super durable. Yeah. Um, yep, they sure but I found, I found a fracture, um, hairline fracture, and um, it, it started having some kind of moisture come up through the hairline fracture not it doesn't go throughout the house it's just in this one section but um it comes up and it's um i've tried to call um companies that can do like like i wouldn't call it water testing or or, um, laboratory testing to see what it is um i've called um you know i just reached out to every aspect and i heard you guys on the radio um there's a moisture coming up and it doesn't it's not um it doesn't come like dry and fuzzy and, and cobwebs, like someone said it was right. something. But um, <laughs> it's, it's like it's, it's like I'm, I'm going to put you take you off. 
<laughs> it comes up like a an oily substance, and it almost smells like vinegar. Very right. mild. And, and when you touch it, it has like a little bit of a oily substance feeling. And um, it's not like it pours out. It comes up, and it's this, and over a period of time, it'll like I'll wipe it down, and it comes up like the size of a. It'll pull up like a quarter. Here's what I think is going on. The reason you have the stain, this moisture coming up where the crack is, because that's the path of least resistance. I don't think that there's any kind of a leak directly under it. I think there's probably leaks, or not leaks, but there's probably high moisture under the entire house. But wherever you have a void, it's going to find its way up. So. There's two ways we can address this. One is we could try to reduce the amount of moisture you have around your house. And that's actually fairly straightforward. And it involves looking at the angle of the soil at the perimeter, making sure soil slopes away. But but since Florida soils tend to be more sandy and, and, and very porous, the more the more important thing to do would be to look at your gutter system and make sure that there's no gutters discharging anywhere near that area. So if the gutter is clogged, if the downspout is not run at least four, five, six feet away from the foundation. If you can keep that first few feet around the house drier by managing that roof water through the gutters, there'll be a lot less water to push up into where that crack is. And then the second thing is you could potentially seal that crack. I'm not sure exactly what product I would recommend for that, but I think if it was me, I'd try to clean it real well, let it dry real well. Is the crack open at all? It's it's a hairline, like so you can't, um, I mean, it's it's literally a hairline. I'd probably try to seal it. I'm not quite sure what product I would do. I'd probably experiment with something, but I, I think what I would do is I'd probably try, I'd try taking a little silicone and I'd rub it into the crack to see if I can push it down into the crack a little bit and seal that crack off just a tad. And then you can wipe it off the surface um, with, uh, with uh, like a mineral th- spirits thinner, it will take any excess silicone away. Uh, but do it sort of like in a dry fashion. In other words, don't put too much mineral spirits or it'll wash it out. I think I might try a little silicone in that crack and see if I can seal it off or slow it down. That plus improving the, the uh, amount of water that collects at the foundation perimeter, I think will make a difference. Because generally, you know, we've seen cracks where you have little geysers show up like in the middle of a house that's built like on a slab. And it turns out it's a downspout, downspout 20 feet away that was just misdirected or dumping too much water near a part of the foundation and found its way in and the pressure forces to come up in that area. So I think usually when you have a crack and you have water, that's what causes it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Good luck with that project. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, if your family uses a lot of bottled water, you may be ready for alternatives that cost less but delivers the same great taste. Now, two types of filters do that for you. You can save money and go green with an under-sink water filter, or you can go for a whole house water filter. Yeah, so here's how they work. For the under-sink filters, most are dual cartridge water filters. That means they have two cartridges with the filter material in, and they have carbon block and granular carbon filters. The dual filters are going to reduce most common chemicals and contaminants that are found in tap water from municipal sources like lead, mercury, asbestos, pesticides, and cysts. 
but they'll also eliminate sediment and bad taste and the odors caused by the chlorine added to the municipal water supplies, which I think is the most annoying thing of all because it's right there kind of in your face. But here's the rub. you got to change the filters. I can't tell you how many times I was seeing these filters as a professional home inspector, and I could tell. These filters had not been changed in years. I mean years, so I can only imagine. Or they changed it like the day you were coming. Yeah, that happens too. (laughs) That's right. That's usually with the the furnace filter. You can tell because there's dust stuck everywhere, except there's a brand new shiny filter in there. You guys are not fooling anybody. But remember, you got to change those filters. With the, with the under sink, it's about every six months. All right. Now, what about the whole house water filter? I mean, those are installed where the main water line goes right into the house, right? So it's cleaning it right at the source. Yeah, that's right. So you have everything, the water that you're drinking, plus the water that you're using, you're washing with, you know, that's running through your plumbing system. It's basically going through that filter before it gets to the house. And they're designed to trap dirt and impurities like rust. But they can also improve the water taste. It can reduce the cloudiness. It can reduce contaminants. And they only have to be replaced about every 12 months. I think Filtrate has one that's a part of their quick change system that costs under 100 bucks, and it lasts a full 12 months. So uh, it's a nice system to have, and it really does make a difference in the quality of water that you drink and that you wash with. Now we've got Joseph on the line with an electrical question. What's going on at your money pit? Uh, I've got an older house that was built in the 1940s, and my daughter's nursery, the overhead fan and lights work, but none of the sockets in the room function, and I have no breakers that have tripped. So somewhere those sockets are disconnected. Now, are you sure the sockets are not connected to a light switch? Uh, I am 99% positive, sir. (laughs) There's there's a seed of a doubt there that perhaps they could be. You know, sometimes the light, uh, the uh, outlets are are operated by a light switch, uh, but I would say that it's not normal for that to happen in a 1940s house. But what you need to do is this. And when I say you need to do, I think more accurately an electrician needs to do. You got you got to get into the wiring that's supplying those outlets and try to figure out why it's disconnected. It it I can't imagine any reason it would've been physically disconnected, which means it's most likely um some failure in the wiring of the outlets themselves. But if you open up the outlets, you can see if you have hot wires there and try to figure out what what point they became uh, de-energized because they're probably wired in series, so the wiring goes from one to the next to the next and uh you need to do a little bit uh more investigation to figure out why that is. But it's really not a do it yourself project. I don't want you to make a mistake and I don't want you to get electrocuted. Yes, sir, then I will uh, definitely look at, look at calling in the electric Tim wrote into Team Money Pit, and he says, we have yellow jackets going into our siding. How can I get rid of them? This, funnily, sounds like something that happened at my house as well. I feel like this summer, the yellow jackets were just like, you know what? We want to be inside with you, because they were getting in behind a piece of trim board at the front door and then somehow in the foyer. They were attacking my neighbor's house, and I went over and helped her out a couple of times, uh, and then... It was very, very quiet in my house, Leslie, and I heard kind of like what sounded like expansion and contraction of the walls or ceilings, like kind of like a crick, crick, crick kind of sound. And I'm thinking, hmm, that's really odd. And right outside that window is where I had a woodpecker attack the siding once. I thought, well, let me go out and see if the woodpeckers were back. Well, the woodpeckers weren't back, but a really, really busy, massively busy yellow jacket nest was. They had drilled a hole somehow right above the window, and they were going in the wall. And there must have been one heck of a nest in there because you could actually hear them working. It was that loud. So what do we do about this? Well, what I do about this is I like the foaming 
type of wasp or yellow jacket or hornet spray. Foaming is the really is really important because it expands when you shoot it and usually has about a 12-foot spray on it. The best time to do this is early in the morning or late in the evening when you still have some light, but they tend to calm down. The worst time to do this is in the middle of a warm day because then they're super, super active. So I usually hit them with the foaming spray, Tim, and then what I'll do is I'll put a sticky trap near the opening when it's safe to go near there because they're going to come back and they're going to try to rebuild that nest, and the sticky trap tends to work well to, to stop them from doing that. There's one called Trap Stick. It's made by a company called Rescue, and it uh, basically hangs right outside the nest. I, I leave it somewhere near the window or in the area, and it's interesting, Leslie. This is a like sort of a, a tubular-shaped trap with the stickies on the outside. I put one of these up in my neighbor's house. I went back two days later. Let me just say there wasn't a parking space left. There were so many bees stuck to that thing. So that kind of takes the ones that was we're keeping coming back. And then the last thing I'll do is if you do find a hole like that, I will seal that. And the reason, the way I seal it is with um, like the great stuff, window and door sealant, not the regular great stuff, but the kind that's designed for windows and doors. And here's why. The reason is because the ones that's designed for windows and doors is soft and spongy. If you use the regular great stuff and you put it in an expanse, it can start pushing the siding off of your house. You don't want that to happen. So I use that. And it's okay if you let it like swell outside the hole because after it dries, you can go in with a razor knife, utility knife, cut it flat, and then you can make the repair if you have to to the wood or whatever kind of siding you have after that. So kind of a three-step process, but that's what we do. And of course, you could also call an exterminator and they have other products that they can use that are that are probably far more effective than what we do. But that's my, my DIY way to get rid of uh, wasps and yellow jackets and, and hornets. Yeah, I'm telling you, we ended up getting an pro because I'm just so terrified of the yellow jackets. And they sprayed into the hole in the siding. And for the next two weeks, I would find these like half dead or dead yellow jackets like all over the first floor of the house. And I was like, man, where are they coming from? But thank goodness it's over with. What a summer for those yellow jackets. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Hey, guys, thank you so much for spending a little bit of your day listening to us. We hope we've been helpful with some tips and ideas to help you improve and maintain your home. It's all about the care and feeding of your home, right? It's a place we love to spend so many hours of our lives, and it does need a little bit of TLC, and we are pleased and proud and privileged to be able to share our knowledge with you to help you get those jobs done. Remember, you can reach out to us with questions at 1-888-MONEYPIT or anytime at moneypit.com slash ask. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a body pit. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.